1-855-821-5900. That is a number anytime. Get a hold of Lior. Help at employmenthour.com and severancepaycalculator.com as well. Find out what your severance should be. We'll get into that uh, with a lot more detail a little later on in the show. If you haven't caught our TV show, Employment Hour in 30, that happens uh, week uh, weekend mornings on both Global TV and City uh, CTV as well. So make sure you catch that. We are all You are the king of all media, my friend. You are all over the place. But we talk employment law really is uh, what the show is based on for the last half a decade. And we appreciate all your input and emails. We'll get to some of those a little later on in the show as well. But you always like to start, Lior, with a little section we call the week that was. How was it, Bill? Well, John, I've always decided in my own mind that I'm going to be considering myself the king of media if I walk down the street and someone asks to take a selfie with me. Has that happened yet? It has not happened yet. (laughs) Uh, so if you're listening right now and you see me down the street, please ask me oh, for a selfie. That's going to make my day it. and I can go brag to my wife that, that uh, nice. I, I'm a celebrity. But in all seriousness, we're here to talk about employment law and we're here to talk about important things, things that you need to know, things that uh, educate and inform you about your workplace rights. I, I, I like to say that there's no such uh, there's no problem without a solution. Workplace problems always, and I do mean always, have solutions. You may not know what that solution is. You may feel helpless right now, but it's because you don't know what to do. So call me. Always reach out to me. Call me. Email me. We'll give you my contact information plenty of times, John, throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's solutions, and hopefully we can help a lot of people this week like we do every week. And to start off with a couple of situations that I came across my desk, people that I've spoken with, uh, this first matter I'll talk to you about, again, another one of those, we've talked about this before on the show, but it makes me shake my head every time I see it happen. Uh, a young lady was being completely mistreated by a, a much older boss. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he fancied her. Maybe he thought he could uh, hook up with her. I don't know what it is, but he treated her in a completely unprofessional way. He made he propositioned her. He, uh, he alluded to her looks and, and you know how her, her legs were looking and the Wow. The outfits that she was wearing, completely inappropriate. I guess he thought he was being uh, very subtle, but no, he wasn't. Uh, so she did the right thing, and she went to uh, Human Resources, and she complained, and she said, this person is treating me badly, uh, and here's what he's doing. Well, I think what Human Resources did is they must have spoken with this guy, uh, because guess what happened? Things got worse. Now, like, instead of trying to you know, proposition her, complimenting her about her looks, he just became nasty to her. Uh, he used uh, foul language. He was rude. He was uh, abusive. Uh, and things actually got worse. She went back to HR, told them about this, and they said, well, we spoke, we spoke with him. There's not much else we can do. Uh, it got so bad that she had to go on a medical leave of absence, and that's when she called me. While on a, on a disability leave because of stress, I can't go back there, she said. I have to deal with this person. Human resources won't help me. What do I do? How do I get out of there? Well, getting out of there exact, is exactly what she can do. This is a constructive dismissal. An employer cannot allow this mistreatment to happen. It's very simple. It's very basic. And if the employer does allow that mistreatment, that's potentially a human rights violation. It's a constructive dismissal, which means she can leave there with compensation. So employers have to take these things seriously. They have to fix the problem. They cannot allow, uh, whether it's discrimination, uh, abuse, they can't allow harassment to happen. And if they do, there are significant repercussions. And for this lady, that means she's going to get out of there. She's going to get significant significant compensation, hopefully be able to work at a place, John, when she'll be treated much better. It's amazing that that, that companies and bosses, I mean, never mind what he was doing, the fact that HR just said, oh, there's nothing else we can do. Really? 
Yeah. Well, that's their job. Yeah. Well, you know, why are you there uh, if not to take care of the employees to make sure that they're working in a proper, supportive work environment? Completely unacceptable. one 821 5900 is the number. Help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't tried it out yet, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance offer should be, the real amount. It's simple to use. It's absolutely free. It takes about 30 seconds. And there is a way to contact Lior and the firm at the bottom of that one as well. We like to talk about this. And the topic we're going to talk about and expand on is... Is, uh, no, you cannot be fired for cause if dot, dot, dot. Give me some, some details what that's all about. Sure. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, cause before. We talk about it often on the show. And I want to emphasize how difficult it is to terminate employment for cause. Remember, it's the death penalty. Mm-hmm. It's the worst punishment that an employer can impose on an employee. And I want us to, to discuss just how difficult it is and talk about com- a, a few situations where the company may think it has cause to let you go, but it doesn't really. And if you are let go in those situations, supposedly for cause, that would be a wrongful dismissal. Remember, cause is reserved for the worst offenders. The first one is you've committed a minor infraction, a little guy. Yes. So, you know, we, I started off by saying the cause is a big deal. So if what you've done is not a big deal, then you cannot be let go for cause. If you've committed a minor infraction, a minor offense, uh, you may be able to be penalized. Maybe you can be warned in some situations. If it's significant enough, maybe you can even be suspended, but you cannot be let go for cause. So I'm talking about things such as, you know, being late. So I was late uh, 20 minutes a day. That's not a good thing. Okay. You shouldn't be late to work, but can you be fired for cause? No, you cannot. I'm talking about a situation where you, you may have not have done as good a job on a project as you needed to do. Again, that is not a good thing, but you cannot be fired for cause. I'm talking about a breach of a policy. Maybe the company has a way of, I don't know, submitting expenses and you didn't follow that policy. Again, not necessarily a good thing, but not cause. So if you commit, quote unquote, a minor infraction, what you've done is not a big deal. It's almost never going to be cause. Uh, And if the company tries to use that as grounds for cause, that's almost guaranteed to be a wrongful dismissal. So keep that in mind. Help at employmenthour.com is the uh, the source for an email. The phone call is 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of Lior. We'll get to more of these. That is no, you cannot be fired for cause if after a short break right here on the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900 is the number you want to use and keep with you. Get a hold of Lior and a member of his team anytime you uh, just simply want to ask a question or get some help with your employment situation. That is the number to use. Help at employmenthour.com is the email. No, you cannot be fired for cause if. That is the list we are going through. We'll get to number two on the list now that we are back. And it is uh, you've done something wrong only one time. So our highest court in this country, the Supreme Court of Canada, has made it very clear that one incident of misconduct is almost never going to be enough for cause. Now, there's some exceptions. If you stole from the company, yeah, that's going to be cause yeah. even if you, you hit somebody. Or- yeah, if you, even if you did it once. You hit somebody, you uh, sexually harass somebody, yeah, one time is enough. But for most other, almost every other types of misconduct, one incident is not enough. So yeah, you may have done something bad. You may have really dropped the ball and, and did something you should not have done. But if it happened one time, it's not cause. And the reason for that is cause is reserved for people that clearly are not getting it. People with continuous and consistent misbehavior or, or uh, you know workplace problems. So if you're a consistent, uh, you know, cause consistent issues, consistent problems, uh, are engaged in misconduct consistently, the company can say, well, what can we do with this person? Clearly, he or she is not getting it. 
But if it's a one-time thing, even if it's pretty bad, it's still not going to be caused. So one incident, John, of misconduct is not caused. You know, it's funny you mentioned drop the ball there. And I remember a couple of years on the show, you talked about a case where a guy was a forklift operator and he, and he had a, a pallet, a skid, and he dumped a bunch of product. One time, he just messed up, and they let him go. Yeah, Fired and, him right there on the spot. And you know what? Yes, there was some damage caused there, sure. and, and he did mess up. He did, not, not even a question. But it's not caused. Number right. one, he didn't do it on purpose. Number two, it was a one-time thing. Yeah. It wasn't even close to being caused. So that person got significant compensation, even though he did screw up. one 821 5900 is that number. Help at employmenthour.com. No, you cannot be fired for cause if your company's policies and expectations were not clearly explained to you. So if the company wants you to do something, if it expects you to abide by its policies, by its practices, by its code of conduct, they need to tell you what's expected. They can't assume that you know. They can't have policies that sit in the HR office on the 10th floor that no one sees. Those policies don't do anyone any good. So if you are an employer and you expect employees to abide by certain things, make sure they know what those expectations are. Make sure they know what the policies say. Give them a copy. Explain that to them. Give them an opportunity to ask questions. You cannot bring out the policies when you when it's convenient to you. When someone screws up and say, oh, no, no, we have this policy that we never told you about hmm. that you breached. And because of that, we're going to let you go for cause. It doesn't work that way. It's much easier to consider a termination for cause if you can show, listen, this employee knew I was expected. We told him. We explained it to him. He asked questions about it. He signed off on the policy. Right. And then he did still go and, and uh, do something against the policy. It's much easier at that point to terminate for cause. So if a company wants to let someone go for cause, make sure that they, the company explains to the person what's expected, what the uh, policies say. And if you don't do that, it's going to be a wrongful dismissal. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned several times, you know, when you put your employer lawyer hat on, that is, you know, make sure you hand them that employee handbook and have them read it, date it, sign it. I get it. And explain it. Explain it. Because some some situations, it may not be clear what it says. So have a session, you know, and and do that regularly. Not even one time, maybe once a year where you go over the handbook. You give Mm -hmm. people an opportunity to ask questions. You explain it to them. Because if you do that, it's going to be very difficult for the employee to say, I didn't know. And if the employee really didn't know, you can't file them for cause. 1-855-821-5900 is that number. We're talking about situations where you can't be fired for cause. Uh, you haven't been given several previous warnings. That kind of dovetails off the one-time only thing, right? Absolutely. So for a company to let someone go for cause, in most cases, almost all cases, the company has to show that they've given the person an opportunity to improve. They've told the person, you're not doing something right and you need to improve or else. You have to have other discipline. So for a company to let someone go for cause, you need to show that there's these other disciplinary measures. You build up a case for cause. You don't you know, jump straight to cause. You start maybe with a warning, then a second warning, maybe then a suspension or a final warning, and then maybe you're in a position to consider a termination for cause. If you go straight to step number four and you skip steps one, two, and three, it's going to be a wrongful dismissal in almost every case. So when an employer calls me and says, I have this employee uh, who screwed up. I have this employee that that did something uh, wrong. Well, I tell them at that point, you want to give them a warning in writing. Tell them, here's what you did wrong. Here's what's expected of you. And here's what could happen if you don't shape up. And if the company does that and there's enough of those things on the record, maybe then 
it could terminate for cause. But if you've been terminated for cause and you haven't been warned before, there's no written warnings, you haven't been given an opportunity to improve, that's not cause. Again, John, wrongful dismissal. Email is help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't checked it out yet, we'll talk about it very shortly. That would be the severance pay calculator that is available free to you on desktop or in your uh, tablet, wherever, and it's severancepaycalculator.com as well. We'll get to another uh, point or two before we take a break. We're talking about, no, you cannot be fired for cause if your employer was uh, fined with some behavior previously. Yeah, so if your employer condoned your behavior, maybe, I don't know, let's use an example that I see often, uh, time spent on the computer. So if you're spending some time on the computer, I don't know, checking your Facebook account, or mm-hmm. maybe booking your next uh, vacation, uh, and the company's always been fine with that, they never bothered you, they let you do your thing, And now all of a sudden they say, no, no, John, you're spending too much time on the computer. We're going to punish you. We're going to let you go. They can't do that because they've condoned the behavior. The company can't decide one day that now they don't like something that in the past they were okay with it. If the company is not okay with something, they have to be consistent. Or at the very least, they have to say, John, moving forward, just so you know, it's expected that you don't use the computer for personal use. And if you still do, they can start disciplining you, maybe giving you warnings, like we said, but they can't just go from zero to 100. One point they're fine, and then the next day they're not fine. If the company has condoned behavior, they cannot use that behavior as grounds for cause. We'll talk about a few more of these situations where you cannot be fired for cause. We'll get into some human rights violations and your emails as well. That address, by the way, help at employmenthour.com. The number, 1-855-821-5900. Lots more Employment Hour is on the way. This is Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Get a hold of Lior and his team. Just uh, program that into your phone and have it with you one day. Hopefully you don't need it, but if you do, it's right there. And let your friends and colleagues and family members know as well. Same goes for the Severance Pay Calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what your severance should be as far as the dollar amount and length. It's right there. Uh, what you're thinking is probably, in fact, we almost guarantee it's going to be wrong off the top of your head. So make sure you go to severancepaycalculator.com. And figure that out for sure. No, you cannot be fired for cause if your performance was lacking. Another point. Yes. So for performance reasons, John, and this is very important, you may have had performance that was lacking. You may have had performance that was not up to snuff. And the company has said, you know, you're expected to do certain things. Your performance is not that good. Can you be let go for cause? Well, the answer to that is almost always no, you cannot. For you to be let go for cause for performance reasons, essentially the company has to show that you're almost doing it on purpose, mm-hmm. that you're essentially sabotaging yourself or the company, that you're, uh, you, know, you could have been doing it better, but you chose not to. If you're doing your job to the best of your ability, but you're still not meeting certain targets, you cannot be let go for cause. That doesn't matter if the company puts you on a performance improvement plan. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do to the best of your ability, you cannot be let go for cause. Now, if the company shows that the reason your performance is bad is because you're you're showing up uh, two hours late and leaving early, or you're not following up on your leads, uh, and you know you're you're not doing your job. Well, at some point, if they warn you enough, they can right. let you go for cause. But if you're doing your job, bad performance does not, and I, I cannot emphasize this enough. It does not equal a termination for cause. Another point, the final one as far as this topic is concerned, and that is no, you cannot be fired for cause if you took more sick days than your employer wanted you to. Yeah, and and the reason why I I mentioned this one is because I've had a number of cases in the last few months where 
The employee took sick days legitimately because they were sick, as sometimes happened. And the company got upset at that. And the company said, well, we have three paid sick days. You took seven. So uh, that's cause to let you go. And that's ridiculous. I don't even know where to begin with that. (laughs) As long as you're legitimately sick, a doctor backs it up, you can take sick days. The fact that the company has a limited number of sick days doesn't matter. The number of sick days that a company has only has to do with whether you get paid for those sick days. You can take... 15 times more sick days, you may not get paid for those, but as long as it's legitimate, you cannot be punished in any way. If you're sick, if you have the, the backup of a doctor, doesn't matter how many sick days the company has in their policies, you cannot be punished. You cannot be let go for cause. And you better believe not only is that going to be a wrongful dismissal, in some situations, that could also be a human rights violation. Severancepaycalculator.com. Let's talk about that. So, John, you know, when I started this uh, show, I started this show uh, mostly to deal with severance issues because I saw so many people accept severance that was not adequate. And a lot of times when they call me, it was too late. They called me because they've accepted it and they wanted a second opinion and I had to give them bad news. Number one, that they were owed a lot more. And number two, that I can't help them because they've accepted the severance. So I wanted to try to get to people as early as possible so that people that contact me are not going to get bad news. So I created the severance calculator. Severancepaycalculator.com is the address. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. And it allows anyone and everyone to find out exactly how much they are owed. It's free. It's anonymous. There's no strings attached. As you like to say, John, you couldn't pay for it if you wanted to. There's no opportunity to pay for it. It's, it's completely free, and it's there to inform you as to what you're owed. So spoiler alert, it's a heck of a lot more than what you realize. It's not a week's pay per year of service or two weeks pay per year of service. It's much more than that for most people. So go to severancepaycalculator.com right now. Check it out. Even if you don't uh, uh, think you're going to lose your job, you want to just have that information available to you so you can be armed with that knowledge. And if you need to contact me, if you want to, you can do that directly from the severance pay calculator. You don't have to. You have that option severancepaycalculator.com. Emails and other resources well for you to use. Help at employmenthour.com as well. We'll get to one from Shawnee writes in, says, uh, uh, I've been given two choices to reduce my hours significantly or to relocate from Toronto to Barrie. What are my rights? <laughs> well, John, respect. Snow tires are your first rights first, if you're doing that one. <laughs> maybe chains. Uh, <laughs> but uh, certainly there's another right and another entitlement that he has, and that is neither of the none of the above he may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal. A company does not have the ability to make such a big change. And, you know, moving from Toronto to Barrie is a big change. It's going to change someone's life to make that commute, again, depending on where he lives. So if a company does that anyway, he can, he can accept the change and start commuting to Barrie, or he can say, no, I am not accepting that change. I'm going to treat that as a termination. Again, we call that a constructive dismissal. And, and get my severance right now. So it's not up to the company to decide whether they want to pay severance. He has a right to that compensation. Uh, and But before he quits, before he does anything, I'd want him to call me. Let's talk about that. Let's make sure that there's nothing we're missing. But a big change like that, even if it was smaller than Toronto to Barry, which is pretty big, it could still be a constructive dismissal, John. one 821 5900 is the number. A couple minutes to go before we break, so I want to start getting into uh, human rights and uh, human rights violations. First of all, I want to talk about some of these points. Uh, Explain what is a human rights violation, for starters. So in Ontario, we have a statute called the Human Rights Code. The Human Rights Code is a statute that prevents an employer, or really anyone, but we're talking in the context of employment law, from discriminating against people based on certain rights, based on certain grounds. 
So you can't be discriminated against based on your ethnicity or your age or your sexual orientation or your disability, etc. So if you're mistreated, uh, discriminated against, lose something because of one of those prohibited grounds, that's illegal. The Human Rights Code says, no, you can't do that. We have a right to be equal here in this society. Uh, and if the company and employer violates those rights, there's significant repercussions. And even beyond that, the Human Rights uh, Code also says that if you do have certain limitations because of one of those grounds, the company has to provide accommodation. The company has to be understanding. The company cannot be uh, washing its hands and say, well, I know, John, you have a disability, but that's your problem. Okay, we're not going to accommodate you. That would be absolutely illegal. So when it comes to equality, the Human Rights Code is the statute that ensures that we have a right to be treated uh, fairly, equally, and not be discriminated against. Stick around. We're going to talk more as far as human rights are concerned and more of your emails as well. In the meantime, the number you want to use anytime, one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com. And as we just discussed in, the, in some length there, severancepaycalculator.com as well. More Employment Hour is on. On the way. This is Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com is the email as well. We're talking about human rights and human rights violations. Um, let's talk about some of these. Uh, an employer has a rule that male employees must be clean shaven. I'm dead. Must be clean shaven. It's all. I mean, a couple more weeks, I'm going to look like Burl Ives, so it's it's going to be all over for me. But, it's, but talk about that. That seems preposterous, so, actually. It is. And, and let's, let's talk about that. And we're going to talk about a few situations where it may not necessarily be obvious yeah. that it's a human rights violation, but it clearly is. And, and these are all real situations that I've come across. So one of them, as you've just said, is an employer having a rule that you have to be clean shaven. Now, let, let's be honest, depending on the industry, a company may want to ensure that, that the you know, male employees are clean shaven. Maybe food industry, maybe. Food industry, right. you want to portray a certain image, whatever it is, that's fine. But what does that do? There are certain people that for religious reasons have to have facial hair. Sure. Okay. For example, you know, people of, uh, uh, you know, that are of the Sheikh faith. So they may have to have facial hair. And, and if you discriminate against certain people, certain ethnicities, certain religions by doing that, even though that's not what you're trying to do, right. you're not trying to exclude anything. You're not saying, I'm not going to hire these people. Yeah, because you're Sikh. Yeah, just because you're Sikh. No, you're not doing that at all. But the effect of that is if I'm, right. a, you know, if I'm a Sikh, I cannot apply for that job because I cannot be clean shaven. I have to have my beard. So the effect of that rule is to discriminate against certain people. So our Human Rights Tribunal has decided that you can't do that. You can't discriminate. Now, the only way you could is you have to show that there's such a good reason why mm -hmm. people have to be clean shaven that it would be impossible to hire someone that's not clean shaven. And our, our tribunal has decided that really no job would be that important, the, the whole aspect of being clean shaven. So if your employer or any company says to work here, you have to be clean shaven, that's discriminatory, discriminatory is against those folks Sikhs, for example, that would in fact be uh, uh, having facial hair for religious reasons. Did, would an employer have to accommodate before the fact, meaning that if you're going for a job in, say, a restaurant, the employer's like, you know what, I don't mind the beer, but I don't want to be picking it out of my guacamole. Can you wear the beer net? I mean, they, they have, I've seen guys wear those, yes. right? <laughs> guacamole. Absolutely, yes. An employer can expect that it's not going to impact the job, right. that the person can do the job. So the person can and, and is expected to cooperate, whether it's hairnets or, or some, some other form to ensure that the job gets done. And the employer can expect that, and which is why the rule that you can't have facial hair makes no sense because there's right. other ways of achieving the goal without excluding Sikh or potential some people of the Jewish faith that have uh, beards for religious reasons can't do that. 
We're talking about unique types of human rights violations that you've seen. We'll get to another one here. An employee has to pick up kids by 5 p.m., but the employer insists on late meetings. Yeah, again, a matter that I had very recently where, uh, in this case, it was a, a mother that had, she was a single mom. She had to pick up her kids at a certain time uh, from, uh, from after-school daycare. Uh, and the company decided, no, no, we're going to have these management meetings uh, after hours, you know, a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. That's fair and good. But for her, that meant that she couldn't, in fact, pick up her kids. And one of the grounds uh, in the Human Rights Code where you cannot discriminate against someone is based on what we call family status. So in this situation, the fact that she's a parent, she has certain obligations she has to meet. You cannot create a situation that doesn't allow her to meet those obligations. So this case, the employer was told, no, you have to provide accommodation. She needs to be allowed to leave early. You cannot have these meetings uh, where she's required to stay. And if you do that, if you punish her for not being at these meetings when she has to pick up her kids, that's a human rights violation. So any rule that prevents a parent from fulfilling family responsibilities that they have to fulfill is and can be a human rights violation. The number for contact, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. That's the email address. I want to talk more about these uh, unique types of human rights violations that uh, we're counting down here. But I want to flip over to Stan. He sends an email. He says, I've not received a pay increase in more than five years. Does my employer have to give me an increase? Uh, you know, Stan's email, I get a lot of emails like that, questions, people uh, frustrated that they haven't gotten a pay raise. Oftentimes, They've spoken with their employer and they were told maybe one's going to come and one doesn't come. And and sure, it's frustrating because guess what? Cost of living increases. And if you're making the same salary, you're effectively making less money. Uh, The reality, though, is this is one area where the law is not very good. What I mean by that is there is no legal obligation on an employer to provide a pay increase. Now, ethically, morally, business-wise, an employer should. Otherwise, you're going to have unhappy employees but you do not have to provide a pay increase, a pay raise. The only time a company would have to provide that is if it's a part of an employment agreement. So if I have an employment agreement that says I'm going to get a pay raise after year one, year two, year three, well, the company has to give me that pay raise. If they don't, that's a human, that's a breach of the contract. That could be a constructive dismissal. Uh, I, I have the right to enforce those obligations. But other than that, from a fairness standpoint, if I want the pay raise and my employer is unfair and doesn't give me a pay raise, they don't have to, and, and the law doesn't know how to make the employer give that pay raise. I guess the only other time that's really been a factor is more recently when the, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, the minimum part-time wage, minimum wage yes. went up. Then, yeah, then you got to give a pay raise if you're below, right? Well, absolutely. If the yeah. law changes and you're paying someone less than minimum wage, absolutely. So minimum wage recently went up. It's going to go up again at the end of the year. Uh, and, and the company has to pay that, and the company can't uh, mess around with that. But that's an exception to the rule. Other than that, beyond that, the company can't can maintain someone's salary, same compensation, if that's what they choose. You may have employees that are unhappy, so they decide to leave. You may have turnover. Sure. Uh, so it's probably bad HR, but you cannot make an employer give you a pay raise, John. Before we break, we'll get to uh, one more talking point, our unique types of human rights violations. This one, absolutely preposterous. It's uh, I'm, I'm thinking faulty towers every time I read this, and that is a job requirement that people speak English without an accent. <laughs> Manuel, like I just, it's, it's, come on. Yes, but, but, but again, the reason why I picked these, it's not because I think that they're interesting only. I picked them because these are real situations that I've come across. So an, an employer in this situation did have a rule that you have to speak English without accent because we want to make sure our customers, our clients understand you. Hmm. But that's the problem. You can have a rule that says, in order to work here, our customers must be able to understand you. Absolutely. 
But you can't go beyond that and say you don't have an accent. So people have accents. I have an accent, but hopefully people can understand me. What if your callers have an accent? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, it, it, that, that's the whole point. <laughs> so you cannot have a rule like that because that will discriminate against a bunch of people, a lot of people, especially here in this province. My God. For sure. So many people here have accents from different parts of the world. So that's absurd and, and for an employer to think that. So yes, is it okay to say you have to be understood by our customers to work here? Of course, because customers need to understand you. But to go and beyond and say you have to have uh, you have to be able to speak without an accent that's a human rights violation if I've ever seen one and let me tell you uh, in that particular case I'm talking about yeah that employer had to pay yeah one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to get a hold of the or it is uh, help at employmenthour.com and of course anytime check it out find out what your severance should be severancepaycalculator.com we'll get to more of these human rights and uh, some emails as well as we continue with the employment hour right here at Global News Radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. Help at employmenthour.com is the email. We're talking about situations and unique types of human rights violations. You want to stay tuned and listen to these all. Maybe you know someone that's been through some of these and we can address it as well. Even when the show is not on, you can call Lior and his firm as well. Next one on the list is being fired after complaining of sexual harassment. Yeah, and, and you know this is another one that I've seen happen. I've seen happen actually more times than I, I care to uh, to remember. Uh, you know, if sexual harassment—that's that, a big deal. It's a—it's a big deal. It was a big deal before the the Me Too movement started. It's certainly a big deal now. So, if an employee is complaining about sexual harassment, uh, whether or not that could be substantiated or not, by virtue of firing them because they've done that—that's a human rights violation. So if someone complained about sexual harassment, let's say that never happened. Let's say they even made it up. But if you fire them because they brought that complaint, that's, right. a, that's a human rights violation, right? That you cannot fire someone because they made a complaint of sexual harassment. That's, that's discrimination. That's a human rights violation. That's illegal. So what should an employer do? An employer should take these things seriously. An employer should investigate the allegation, speak to whoever it needs to. In some situations, the employer may need to bring out to, to bring in an outside investigator to investigate someone neutral, someone experienced. Uh, and at the conclusion of the investigation, if they, the allegations can be substantiated, the employer has to take remedies to fix the problem, to make it better, to make it go away. Uh, what an employer cannot do is penalize someone. Our laws are such that we want people to be encouraged, to be empowered, to bring up these issues. You don't want people to be afraid, to be timid, to be worried about bringing uh, uh, sexual harassment or other harassment allegations. And that's why our laws come down very hard on employers that uh, mistreat employees by firing them, by punishing them, because they have the audacity of bringing forward a human rights or a harassment complaint. We'll get to our final point uh, as far as this topic is concerned about human rights violations, a refusal to bring an injured employee back to work unless he has no limitations. Yeah. Again, another matter that I dealt with very recently uh, in this particular situation, the employee was off on a, on a disability leave for a while and he wanted to come back on modified duties. The doctor cleared him to go back with modified duties and the company said, no, the only way you can come back to work is if you can do your job the way you did it before. No modified duties, no modified hours, no modified anything. Come back to work the same way or don't come back at all. Yeah. That is a human rights violation. It goes back to what I said earlier. An employer has a duty, a very strict duty, in fact, to accommodate. That may mean giving modified duties, modified hours, other support, giving flexibility in terms of working from home, whatever it is that the employee needs to do the job. And if the employer doesn't do that, if they decide on their own that, no, they're not going to accommodate, 
that's a human rights violation in the clearest of sense, uh, clearest of, of ways, I should say. And, and that employer in this particular situation had to be educated the hard way that they cannot do that. An employer has to accommodate. And even if it's difficult, John, even if the employers say, well, you know, it's not going to be easy to accommodate you. It's going to cost us some money. The company still has to it. accommodate it. It's accommodation up to what we call the point of undue hardship. So at some point, it becomes so difficult and so costly that, no, you don't have to go that far. But uh, generally speaking, an employer has to accommodate, and if they refuse, that's a human rights violation. That could be a constructive dismissal. Uh, in some situations, could be a, a violation of the Employment Standards Act. It's illegal and costly. You know, that flows nicely into the next email I want to get to from Ron. He says, my employer let me go a week after I came back from a medical leave. I just found an ad online where they've posted for my replacement for me. Can they do this? Well, you know, the general rule is, John, an employer can let you go for any reason, right? Uh, they don't have to have a good reason. But with the exception, they cannot let you go for a discriminatory reason. So they cannot let you go because you were off on a disability leave, a medical leave. If the company does let you go because of that, that's illegal, irrespective of the amount of severance that they're paying. So here's how this works. If he's being let go coming back from a disability leave, and then the company turns around and hires someone for the same job, it clearly makes it look like they let him go because of the medical yeah. leave. They can't say, well, we just eliminated the position because they're hiring someone for that same position. So it doesn't really pass the smell test. So I'd want to speak with this person, find out more about the job, how many people there are doing that job, how does he know that the job they're hiring for is the same one that, that, that he had before, and yeah, if we still feel that it's a human rights violation, there's a lot to pursue and a lot to talk about here. You cannot be let go for a discriminatory reason. You cannot be let go because you're on a medical leave or if become, because the company thinks you've been off for too long or they're worried about you going again. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. The email address is help at employmenthour.com. The phone number 1-855-821-5900. Debbie says that uh, Lior always talks about negotiating severance, but my employer told me that they've made me a good severance offer and they won't increase it. Not going to budge. Should I bother having my severance offer reviewed? You know, and a lot of people that don't call me, John, call me for that reason. Yeah. Is the company says, no, that's all we're going to offer you. It's not going to increase or it's a fair offer. What, what else do you want? And people take their employer at their word. Wrong. It's a horrible thing to do because the law decides what you should be getting. You don't decide. Your employer doesn't decide. I don't decide. The law takes care of that. So it doesn't matter what your employer wants to pay you, what your employer thinks. Your employer, let's face it, if they let you go, they, they want to try to get out of that situation by paying you as little as possible. I guess that's, that's normal. That's natural. It's your job as the employee to make sure that you get everything that you're owed. That's why it's so important to get that advice. So it doesn't matter what the company says. Uh, go to severancepaycalculator.com. You don't have to take my word for it. So now it's easy. Now you don't have to think, should I call a lawyer? You should call a lawyer. But you know what? If you're not sure whether you want to, go to severancepaycalculator.com and find out. And, and if you look like, if it looks like your employer's offer is fair, okay. But I bet you once you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you'll realize, wait a second, this offer that the company said is a good offer is 30% of what I'm actually owed. 30%. That's ridiculous. So call me and please, please don't take your employer's word for it. If you do and you find out later that that was wrong, that you were underpaid, you're stuck. You can't do anything about it. Last few minutes of the show, we'll get to some more, uh, more emails here, help at employmenthour.com. Other than that, the other contact, one 821 5900 And of course, as we just mentioned, severance, severancepaycalculator.com as well. A few more minutes left. Stick around. Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.
1-855-821-5900 is the number. By the way, you want to find out what your severance offer should be. The correct number, easy, severancepaycalculator.com. Takes uh, less than 30 seconds. It is absolutely cost-free, and there's a contact button at the bottom if you want to get a hold of Lior. And his, uh, his team, after that, suggests you do. Jeff writes in, says, I'm a salesperson and have been with the company for 15 years. The first eight years, I was an independent contractor, and then I became an employee. I'm 47 years old. How much severance should I be getting? So the real question here is whether or not he really was an employee for the entire duration of his job there. Now, people don't just become employees when they're independent contractor. Either he was an independent contractor all along or he was an employee all along. You can't just flip a switch and, and become an employee. So what this tells me is if he's he was really uh, working supposedly as an independent contractor and then he became an employee, he was probably an employee all along. And I'd be very, very shocked if that wasn't the case. And if that is the case, then he's going to get his severance based on all the years he was there, including the time that he spent as an independent contractor, which means for him he could easily get 18 months of severance. So this is very, very important uh, because we see people, I see people all the time that are supposedly independent contractors. They lose their job. They think they don't get severance or they get a fraction of the severance that they should be getting if, they're, if they were employees when in fact they're employees all along. This is especially true, especially true if you became magically an employee partway through employment, but before that you were an independent contractor. Guess what? If you became an employee, supposedly, you were really an employee all along. You get your full severance. Again, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, most people that believe they're independent contractors, John, are really employees. one 821 5900 Again, the number and the email is help at employmenthour.com. Jeannie says, uh, Lior, I suspect that my boss is having a relationship with a coworker of mine. He gives her preferential treatment, including the most hours, uh, longer breaks, and preference for vacation. Can I do something about this? Well, this actually uh, ties into what we were talking before, John, about human rights violations. So if you're uh, in the workplace and the one that's sleeping with the boss is getting the better treatment, well, that's a human rights violation. That's that's sex discrimination. In other words, you're not treated as well because you're not sleeping with the boss. So you, you can't be treated differently because uh, someone else is sleeping with the boss. That, that cannot happen. That's a violation uh, of the human rights code based on sex, uh, and, and that's illegal. You cannot uh, be put in that situation. That's why companies oftentimes have policies about you know, work relationships because they want to avoid those situations. So what would I do here? Well, if there's an HR person, uh, if there's someone higher up, I would talk to that person. Tell them, here's my concerns here. My concern is that this one person there is getting preference treatment uh, and and let them know of that. Now, beyond that, if you can show that you really are getting the raw end of the deal because of the fact that someone else is sleeping with the boss and and, and you're not doing it, of course, then that could be in itself a human, not just a human rights violation, that could be a constructive dismissal that may allow you to leave there with compensation, with severance. So be mindful of that. And and for employers, uh, you know, workplace relationships happen. You know, let's face it, those things happen, but you still have to maintain uh, this equality in the workplace. You want to make sure that the relationship that the coworkers are having are not impacting other people, that they're mm-hmm. not impacting the workplace. Because if they do, you may find yourself with unhappy employees. You may find yourself with constructive dismissal. You may find yourself with human rights violation, and that could be a huge problem. We'll give Richard the, uh, the last call here as far as emails are concerned. He says, I've been suspended without pay for the last week pending an investigation of my expense account. I didn't do anything wrong. Do I have to wait for the company to call me back to work? 
Well, you know, this is in, in a way absurd to be suspended without pay pending an investigation. A suspension without pay is a disciplinary measure. So you're punishing someone while you're investigating to if determine he's if he's guilty. You're <laughs> nice. punishing someone to determine whether he should be punished. That's ridiculous. You cannot do that. So in this case, this is a company putting the cart before the horse. And let's also not forget the fact that a, an unpaid suspension generally is something that an employer is not allowed to do. A paid suspension generally, yes, an unpaid suspension is usually a constructive dismissal. So even frankly, even if he is guilty, the unpaid suspension is uh, potentially a constructive dismissal, but certainly if they put the cart before the horse, yeah, that's a problem for them. So what I would do is I would tell the company, this is unfair, this is wrong, I haven't done anything wrong. If you're investigating, that's fine, but why are you punishing me while you're investigating to see if I did something wrong? And if they don't budge, if they still say, well, too bad, we're going to keep you on there, he may be able to treat that as a human rights violation. Uh, sorry, not a human rights violation, as a constructive dismissal. Yes. He may be able to say, no, I'm not going to accept that. You breached the terms of employment. I'm going to treat my employment as being terminated. So generally, this is important for employers and employees Unpaid suspensions usually are a constructive dismissal. Only time we really hear that, and it's, it's okay, is I guess in a union environment, you hear police do that sometimes and those types of jobs, right? And the reason it's okay in a union environment is because the collective agreement specifically says right. that an employer can't provide unpaid suspensions. Right. Uh, but unless you sign an employment agreement that says you can be suspended uh, with an, without pay, which no one ever signs anything like that, then uh, an unpaid suspension is a constructive dismissal for most people. Uh, so you have to do something about it because if you don't, you may give the company the right to do it again in the future. Run me through the severance pay calculator one more time before we go. Severancepaycalculator.com, the place you go to if you lost your job, it, whether it's uh, something, maybe it's not the first time, maybe you've lost your job in the past and you think you know what severance is, I've been through that. Well, maybe you don't. Go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out how much you're owed. It's free, it's anonymous, so there's no excuse. You don't have to put the company's name, no identifying information about yourself. And please, if you're speaking with your neighbor on the phone, they said, yeah, Friday was a bad day, they let me go. Tell them, well, okay, that's, that's bad news, but here's what you do. You go to severancepaycalculator.com because now it's important that you get the severance that you're owed because you need that money to pay your bills while you don't have income coming. So severancepaycalculator.com. We'll wrap it for another show. The number, by the way, one 821 5900 Emails, we got to a bunch today. We like to get, uh, get through some every show. It is help at employmenthour.com. And as Lior mentioned, severancepaycalculator.com. Anytime you want to find out what you're owed, over half a million people have used that with much success. And there's a contact bottom uh, button at the bottom as well. Till next time, this is the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.